Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. I am so excited for the release of my new book, The Toxin Terminator, Finding Focus, Energy, and Renewed Health by Removing Hidden Toxins. If you want to get your hands on the book first, be part of my pre-launch campaign by going to my website, www.aimeecarlson.com. That's amycarlson.com and you can sign up so you'll get your copy for only 99 cents. And welcome to the show, everyone. I am so excited for today. I have got uh, Kristen Caulfield is our guest today. She is an author. She has a book coming out in, I understand, 2021. It is called The How Healthy People Eat. Can't wait to get my hands on that because there's so many tips in there. She is a speaker. She is an educator. She is featured on Good Morning Washington, DC Refined. She's been on many of the news stations giving all the information in that kitchen. She is considered the culinary disruptor. And I'm going to let her give us the tips on what that is. Um, She is going to be talking all things toxin in the kitchen. This is her area of expertise, and it is so not mine, so I cannot wait to dive in. We're going to learn her story and how food was a big part of her story and in learning the power of it to heal our bodies. She's going to share with us some tips on wine. Did you guys understand that wine has some of the highest toxins in it? And I really want to get into talking about sugar detox because so many of us uh, take in way too much sugar and don't even understand the consequences it's having in our body. Kristen, thanks for coming on to the show. I can't wait for everybody to hear what you've got to share. Amy, I am so excited that we met on, you know, through the internet and we share so many of the same passions, which is helping people to detox their lives so that they can actually live their best life. And my personal journey is, I think my, my, I think my journey and my story is a little bit of everybody's story. Um, and, and when I start to tell the story, at some point when I'm telling the story, and, I, and I've told it so many times, I almost can't believe that was my life because so many bad things happened to me in this decade. And so I'm just going to jump into it. I have always considered myself to be a lucky person. I just always did. I was optimistic. Um, I, I just always felt that anything is possible and, you know, that hard work, you make your opportunities, you can, you can make anything happen if your head is in the right place. Right. And, and my life was very textbook perfect for a long time, or at least it appeared that way. I married a great guy. We'd known each other since high school. He's an optimistic guy. He's just a a wonderful human being. And we got married. 
We both had good educations, both had good jobs. We're living in Washington, D.C. We've got three beautiful kids. We live in a suburb. Our kids go to private school. You know, I am entertaining like Martha Stewart. It, it's all good. But there's problems. And, and this is how life is. It's all good until it isn't. Right. And we don't know what we don't know. And we as humans are complicated beings and relationships are complicated. Things, I knew things weren't right. There were certain things that were starting to be a problem. Uh, my husband's a great guy. He's a giver. So takers love givers. He ends up in a partnership with a taker. And you know, time goes by and, and our finances are really getting scary. And it, it's, it's, it's hard to know why, because my husband is working all the time and um, he's a high profile lawyer in Washington, D.C. And his partner lives in a six million dollar house. You know, life should be better than it is. And and every single month I am robbing Peter to pay Paul and I'm borrowing money from my mom and I'm paying things on credit cards, thinking I'm going to be able to pay them off and then I can't pay them off. So that added, obviously, a lot of stress to my marriage and a lot of stress because when you're a parent, you're always trying to keep everything good for everybody. You're trying to keep all the balls in the air and, you know, you don't want the kids to know if there's problems, but that kind of stuff really eats away at a relationship. And I really could not understand what was wrong, like what's going on, you know, how, how is this happening? And I had had a catering company for a number of years, and I catered congressional fundraisers. So food has always been my medium. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was how I made a living. It was how I showed my friends and family I loved them when I would entertain. It was how I took care of my kids by nourishing them. And um, so things weren't great, but things were, were still going okay. And And then... I couldn't really keep it together anymore. <laughs> all that stress and all those, you know, you see all your friends and you think, oh, everybody else's life is fine. Well, you never really know how anybody's life is. Right. But it appears that everybody else is fine. And inside, you're not fine. And you're, you find yourself in situations where you're literally in situations talking to people and you're having a completely different experience inside. Right. Um, and, and I, there was one experience in particular, I was at a wedding and it was my husband's former boss and my husband worked on Capitol Hill for a number of years and for, for, he was the chief of staff for a member of Congress and it was his daughter's wedding and it was a beautiful wedding. And I knew there were going to be lots of people there that my husband had worked with and knew and after we left the church, I said, I really think I need to go home. Um, I'm not sure I'm up to this big four-hour reception. And he was like, oh, my God, you've got to be kidding. We're going to see all these people, you know. And I was like, oh, you know. And I just remember being there and, and literally having an out-of-body experience. It was like a psychotic episode, although I kept my myself together the whole time. But I'm walking and talking, and inside I am completely coming undone. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So basically what happened was we have these kids, we have these house. I had sold my company. The finances are getting scary. That's affecting our personal relationship. I can't understand it. Um, my mother's cancer came back. So I was pulled into to helping her deal with that. We had three kids in three different schools. So that's a lot of juggling. And they, you know, they play sports. They do all that stuff. So there's a lot of juggling. I'm doing a lot of volunteer work. Um, I am diagnosed with thyroid cancer. But not before I spent a good five years going to doctors and saying, there's something wrong with me. My hair is falling out. My hands and feet are cold. I'm exhausted. I get into bed and then I can't sleep. Um, You know, I'm not bouncing back from stress, but there's a lot of stress in my life. Right. (laughs) You know, and and what I got was, well, maybe you need an antidepressant or maybe you need a sleeping pill. Mm -hmm. You know, or maybe you need a beta blocker. Mm-hmm. So there was, and you're, and by the way, Kristen, you have amazing blood work. I wish I had your blood. Well, I'm healthy. I'm working out. I'm watching what I eat. So my blood's good, but it's not telling the story. The story was, you have thyroid cancer. You have an underactive thyroid. It is amplifying every bad, stressful thing in your life. It may actually, the stress may have made the, the cancer actually even worse. Right, right. So, you know, my mom's dying. I have thyroid cancer. My father is diagnosed with Alzheimer's. My parents are divorced. My father's down in Florida. My father's diagnosed with thyroid cancer. My marriage is in trouble. My finances are in trouble. And every day when I wake up, my first thought is, how am I going to get through this day? Oh, I can't even imagine. How am I going to, how am I going to pretend everything in my life is okay? Um, And so my big world became smaller and smaller and smaller because all your energy goes into just trying to get through the day. And um, this went on for 10 years. Wow. And the and really the straw that broke the camel back, camel's back was my last kid went to college and our dog died. So my mom died. My dad died. I had thyroid cancer. My dog died. And that was the straw that broke. Like I kept it together. And then my dog died. Yeah, it's like, oh. <laughs> that, that was it. <laughs> that was, I'm done. I'm done. Um, and one day I, I woke up and instead of my first thought being, how am I going to get through this day? My first thought was, this cannot be what the universe has planned for me. Like, I can't control all of these things. I can't make my husband a better businessman, but I love him. Mm -hmm. I I can't change certain things, can't fix certain things, but I can control what is on the end of my fork. So I went back to food, which had been my medium for earning a living, for feeding my family, um, for showing people I love them. And I went back to food and I started one bite at a time. And everything I put in my mouth needed to do something for me. It needed to support me. It needed to 
dial down my stress. It needed to give me the energy that I needed. It needed to help me sleep. Sleep was gone. I think I didn't sleep for about 10 years, literally. I I can't even imagine what your body was like at that time when you made that choice. Uh, you know, to, to switch over. I mean, that mentally, I think a lot of us can dial into that because as women and, and especially when we're successful women, I so can relate to the, that picture perfect. This is how it looks to everybody, but inside, you know, you're just dying. You're just absolutely a, a basket case and a mess. So physically, you've got the cancer, your hair's fallen out, you've got all these, what else is going on physically with you at that time? Sleep. Well, and, and when you're not sleeping, so sleep is like the magic elixir. Sleep is, is like youth serum. Um, sleep is when the body, speaking of, you know, t- detoxing, and I wore my, my, my skull, <laughs> my detox, my little skull shirt today, because I was thinking detox. And <clears throat> so when we're asleep, you know, all of the organs in our body are on a circadian um, rhythm. Mm-hmm. And sleep is so crucial to us. During the hours from between about 11 p.m. until 3 a.m., every organ in our body goes through a major um, detox. You know, our spinal fluid comes up and does a power wash on the brain. Um, all of the organs do a detox. That all ends up in our lymphatic system and needs to be flushed out in the morning. If you're not getting that restorative rest, you're wa- and stress is a form of inflammation. Right. So I was a woman on fire. I was literally in flames. And there were times when I said to my husband, can you not see that I am on fire? I am standing in front of you and I am on fire. Yeah. And he just, you know, whatever, wherever he was, I mean, it, let me tell you, we've done a lot of therapy. We've done a lot of work (laughs) to stay married. And I like to say, um, I was able to repurpose my husband. <laughs> I love that repurposed. <laughs> well, I'm on my second marriage to my first husband. You know, we kind of feel like this was a, we needed a, a fresh start and we needed to respect each other like in a new way and listen and really hear each other. But to talk about my physical shape, I was completely inflamed. I felt like, I was plugged into an electric outlet. I bet. I was just like, you know, everything. And and what happens, and this is the most fascinating thing, what happens to us when we live in a constant state of fight or flight is that we rewire our brains. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I had rewired my brain. I was completely unable to tell anything that happened, good or bad, was stressful. Right, right. The response is the same. And that elicits a whole physiological set of circumstances with cortisol. So all that cortisol was shooting through my thyroid. It was like heroin just shooting through my thyroid. When they removed my thyroid, and I had the most wonderful doctor, he was wonderful. And when I woke up after um, I'd been, you know, 
in surgery. He said, I have to tell you, Kristen, when we took out your thyroid, it was completely diminished. It was like a little prune. It was all shriveled up. So my thyroid had, I, I literally wore it out with my, with dress. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I mean, and, and how would we know that other than the symptoms that are happening, you know, in our, in our bodies, but, um, you know, it's so, so true. And, and here's the thing, the stress is that mental stress, but our body also gets into that fight and flight when our, we feel the stress on our organs as well in, in, inside the body, besides that mental stress that's going on your body you know, because of the toxins that are happening, your body says, hey, this is not good for us. And it's just in this constant combative state trying to get rid of stuff. So it's your body that's inflamed as well as the mind, right? With that, when we think stress. Yeah. I mean, literally I was on fire. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it felt that way. And I, so I started on the end of my fork. I started changing what I ate and really looking at my environment and my diet. And I know, um, you know, you're, you're a cancer survivor too, right? No, no, I have not had cancer. Okay. Well, thank God for that. <laughs> yes. I just had, you know, lots of parts taken out because, you know, they couldn't figure out what was going on. It's always something. Oh, it is. <laughs> Well, you know, I started on the end of my fork and then the fact of the matter was I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't getting that restorative rest. Mm -hmm. So I was up, I would wake up at like three o'clock in the morning and just literally lie in bed fretting, um, you know, terrified about what the day was going to bring, you know, because at that point I was just always waiting for the, for the other shoot to fall. Right. And I thought, you know, I can lie here and be unproductive, or I can get up and get my fanny to the gym. There's, there's gyms with 5 a.m. workouts, and I can just do that. So I started going to the gym, and what happens is when you start to exercise, it becomes an outlet for that stress. You're now, you're now pro out-processing the stress. You're, you're up-regulating your feel-good hormones. Right. Well, all the, the feel-good hormones are starting to, you know, now fuel my day. I, I'm swapping my fuel from cortisol to, you know, those, those feel-good hormones. And I'm getting rid of some of that stress. And I am better able to handle my days, to manage my days. Um, when you start working out, your body changes. Right. And when you're eating right, and you're working out, your body starts to communicate better with you. And it tells you, if you're paying attention, it tells you what it wants. Right. And it wants more of the good stuff. It wants less sugar and less processed foods and less artificial ingredients. And it wants more whole foods, you know, more plants, more water. And I, I had been, I'm not going to lie, I'd been drinking a lot of coffee. Mm -hmm. Um. I have always been a healthy person. People will tell you 20 years ago, I was talking about that actually 30 years ago, I was giving my kids probiotics. So, uh, you know, I've been, right. I've been 
a real wellness warrior in my own way for a long time. But I had let a lot of things slide and I was drinking too much caffeine in the morning and I was drinking too much wine at night and I wasn't drinking enough water because I was in survival mode. Right, right. I find it interesting. Um, you know, you did exactly what I would say probably 90% of people do. When we don't feel good, when things are a mess, what do we look to, you know, to get healthier? We look to what we eat and we look for movement, you know, in whatever form of exercise that's going to be for ourselves. Um, but you also got to the stage where you were looking at the toxins. Um, you know, which is so, so important, I believe, in order to find our true health is by getting those toxins. And there's so much in the food and in the kitchen. Oh, my gosh. I know you had to have gotten down that road. It was as a as a parent, we all always try to feed our kids healthy. And we know sugar is bad and artificial ingredients and colorings are bad and they can, you know, make kids amplify ADHD and, you know, create health issues, but we don't always do the same for ourselves. Right. And so I start, I had no kids at home when I started my journey, but I started on the end of my fork. I, I'm working out. I'm feeling better. I am more able to manage my life. And I started the culinary cure. I'm like nobody has written the playbook for people to rebuild their lives after the shit hits the fan, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you just kind of find yourself like, this is not the life I imagined for myself. Mm -hmm. I imagined my life a certain way. All my friends were living lives that were a little bit different than mine. And, and you have to come to grips with that, you know? So you've got to detox, not just your physical environment, but your mental environment. I, and I love, I love go, yeah, let go of the outcome. Let go of thinking life is supposed to be this way. Right. You know, life is a journey. And when you let go of the outcome, you live more in the present and you're more aware of the everyday opportunities and connections that you make with, with other people. You, sometimes you just need a bigger tribe. Right. You know, the tribe that you traveled with while your kids were in school, those will always be your friends. But there's some big differences, you know, as we as we find who we are when we are no longer parents. Right. Right. You know, when that emptiness syndrome is very real. <laughs> it is. And it happens just at the point when women are, you know, we're sort of hitting that halfway point in life and we're going through a lot of physical changes, too. Right. So it, it's really kind of, I, I refer to what I went through as my personal tsunami, and, and that's how it felt, you know, kind of like this crushing. But what it's led to is so exciting, because we don't learn anything from the easy things. No. The lessons are in the hard stuff. It's the, it's the things that don't break you, that temper you and make you stronger and more resilient and more, you open your eyes to the bigger world and the bigger powers in that world. And it, it's been incredible and it didn't happen overnight. You know, this is, 
2014. So it's really been six years. I did, I did get a great job and, and go back to work for three and a half years for a, um, a top cosmetic dermatologist and it, and it worked and it was fantastic. It was just what I needed. And the universe delivered that to me once I got out of my head and I stopped spinning on the hamster wheel. Did you know that many of us have symptoms of toxin overload in our bodies, but we don't even know it? Signs of a toxic overload could be headaches, fatigue, insomnia, skin issues like acne and psoriasis, and hormonal imbalances, and the list just keeps on going. But the problem I had, and I'm sure many of you have had, is how can you know how well you're managing your toxic risk? That's why I've put together a free toxic risk assessment that will help you discover what products might be contributing to your toxic symptoms and what small changes you can make to detox and cleanse your health. After you take the assessment, you're going to get my free toxic free home shopping guide. This is the easy button for finding the right products to shop for. These are the products I've been using in my home and the products I give my stamp of approval on. Take your free assessment now at amycarlson.com to get on the path of detoxing and cleansing your health. I, I really believe that the mental part of, of living a toxin-free lifestyle is really so, so key. And I, and I was just talking about this earlier this morning that you can make all these physical changes like you did. I started working out, so my body felt better. I started changing what was at the end of my fork. But if you don't change the mental, get off, like you said, the hamster wheel, you're going to go back to the old patterns. You know, it doesn't sustain you and, and become a permanent change for you if you don't make the changes mentally. So thanks for um, highlighting that because I think it's important for us women to understand. Well, and there's actually a reason for that. Our brains are wired to focus on negative things, oh, to yeah. keep us safe. You know, and you've heard the analogy, you know, your brain is wired to keep you safe from that saber-toothed tiger. Right. And so... You know, the um, amygdala is is that reptilian part of the brain that that is there ready to jump in and, and take over. So when you rewire your brain through thought patterns that do not serve you and are toxic, you, you have to unwire it because the brain, the brain and body both always want to go back okay. to set points. So we've got to create new set points. And, and that was really what my journey was. I detoxed. I realized I had some wonderful, you know, friends and community, but I had to be careful who I spent time with. I had to curate my company, curate the thoughts in my head, curate my physical environment, curate what I was putting in my body and be very strategic about all of this. I and I want to tell you, it's transformative when you realize you can control all of those things. Yes. I like uh, empowering. You know, I, I love using that word because it's, you know, realizing all of that. I like, you talked about curating your relationships. Um, I'm very protective of my bubble. I have, you know, I like to look at it as like rings. 
Um, you know, we have these rings around us. So there's, you know, certain people that are, they're acquaintances, you know them, but you don't socialize with them on a regular basis. And then you've got the people who you are in contact with on a regular basis. And then you have kind of your inner circle, you have all these layers. And for me, that inner, inner world is, is very, very protected because of that energy, that negative, positive energy that experiencing and you don't get to get in there and in fact I've, I tell my husband sometimes you're moving from ring number one to number three right now because <laughs> 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 of your energy I'm putting you out here right now <laughs> you know so um and then I I like that visual aspect of rings around us and we have to understand that who we choose to surround ourselves with has a huge impact on you know how we respond and what what things we do. It's really really true, and um, I, I love that I love that analogy, and um, and I'm going to use it because you know our family and our friends that are family, you know, kind of fall in that that ring number one. Sometimes you know we've got to put some of those family members out there, and, and I get that. You can Again. move in and out. You can, you don't have to, you know, stay in one. It, it can move around. And sometimes it's family that gets you. You want to think that your family is always within that, that first ring, but sometimes they're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Family dynamics. It's real. Uh. <laughs> okay. So let's move on and talk about, um, and, and I, I apologize, maybe, you know, if there's things that you want to talk and discuss about with the story more. But no, I think we got the story. Okay. We've been done that. It's a little bit of every person's story. Is I just lived it all. You know, it was kind of like, I lived it all, so you don't have to. Um, and I learned all these lessons, and I figured out kind of how to hack my life in midlife. To find out what I was really meant to do. And, you know, like you, I feel very strongly that I need to be of service to others, that I have valuable information that people need. People need to know they can do this. They can change their lives. You are not dealt one, you know, this is not just a final hand of cards. We're still, life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So what mile marker are you at? Because you're not done yet. Right, right. You know? and, I, and so many of us, um, you know, in my experience over the last year, especially as a podcast host, is our, us in the age that we're in, there's a lot of us out there really making those major impact and changes in our life right now and understanding that, you know, midlife is not the end. It's not like the the over the cliff, you know, fall that we're starting to take. It is a really a time of rejuvenation, of renewal, of really diving into the purpose and reason we were created. Um, and I love it. Yeah. It's an incredible time of opportunity. And I, and we're kind of on the cusp of this. There will be behind us you know, generations that kind of look at that and plan for that in a way we didn't because we didn't know, right. but <laughs> that is coming, especially with more of a, and certainly with this coronavirus, you know, more people who are working from home and being creative, 
But midlife women are an incredible, incredible, there's so much experience. And so it's, it's really trying to bridge getting that experience to the opportunities. Right. Exactly. Create this bigger thing. And um, that's something that I talk about all the time with other uh, midfluencers <laughs> um, about, you know, how do we create this bigger pond where we're connecting that experience with the opportunities? And that's everything. I mean, that's, that's products looking to get to people and women looking to find products specifically for their this time in life and people who are looking for um, influencers and, and what have you. So so there's there's a big need there um, and it's it's happening quite organically. Absolutely. But I'm sure I don't know about you. I was an immigrant to technology. Um, not a native and to build a presence on social media, as you know, is an arduous task. You have to, you have to learn things that do not come naturally to you. Um, you have to create a lot of content. Mm -hmm. You have to find your audience. And my children were somewhat horrified at my they're like, mom, you can't post that on Instagram. And I'm like, but I've got like, you know, at that point I had like 8,000 followers and I've got like 22,000 followers, you know, and I, but I would be like, well, you don't know who's following me. Yeah. Like you don't know what they want. Right. Exactly. My, my, uh, my target is not your friends, right. although they find it endlessly amusing, <laughs> you know? but that's. That is not um, that is not uh, my target market. My target market is women who are in midlife, looking to live their best life, and looking to take control and detoxify and get rid of all kinds of things that no longer serve them. I love that. So let's talk about um, you know let's spend a, the rest of our time, if that's okay with you, share with us kind of the biggest offenders in the kitchen. Um, you know, in your, when you started, what were some of the things that you went, oh my word, this has got to go? I have a signature program. Um, it's called the Kitchen Intervention. And it's where I go in and I teach people how to detoxify their kitchens. And it's nobody's fault. Nobody ever told us or showed us how to set up our kitchens properly. You got married, people gave you gifts, they gave you that, you know, set of cookware that had the 12 pieces. Um, Nobody ever showed you how little you actually need to have in your kitchen to shop, cook, and eat in a way that supports you on your wellness journey. So we all have too much stuff. We have the wrong stuff. And we have been trained by industries that want to sell us their stuff. <laughs> yeah. So there are places in the world, I don't know if you've heard of the Blue Zones. Yes. Love. And the Blue Zones, that was a famous study that was done um, with National Geographic and Dan Buechner. Mm-hmm. And the Blue Zones are places in the world where people live longer and better than anywhere else. You know, Nicoya, Nicaragua, Loma Linda, California, interestingly enough, um, 
Ikara, Greece, uh, Sardinia, Italy, um, Okinawa, Japan. There are these places that were somewhat secluded mm-hmm. from technology and outside influence where people ate as they did for centuries. They lived on the land. Nobody's retiring because you don't retire when you have a farm and animals. Um, People are eating largely plant-based diets. Mm -hmm. They are moving every single day. They have community. They have faith. They, um, They interact in a joyous way with the environment. And the food is free of sugar and anything that's not natural. There's not excess sugar or sodium or chemicals. The foods are not processed. So all the the beneficial nutrients are still in the foods. Right, right. So we need to create, the kitchen intervention is my way of helping people create, make their kitchen their own little blue zone. Love it. And I know we talk about things like toxic cookware. If you've got a nonstick pan, it's just, it's time for a new one, no matter what it is. It's just time for a new one. Yes. And you need an eco-friendly, if you're going to cook in nonstick, you need an eco-friendly nonstick pan. I personally prefer cast iron. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the best types of cookware out there. You get health benefits from using it. And um, if you're lucky enough, you'll, you can find one at a yard sale or you'll inherit, inherit a really beautifully... Um, cured one from from a family member, but get rid of your nonstick pan, get a new nonstick pan, get rid of your plastic containers that you're storing things in and replace them with glass or stainless steel. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you go through your kitchen and you have to move the panini maker or popcorn machine to get to your walk, (laughs) you you're, you're a candidate for a kitchen intervention. I love so what it does is it, we get everything out of all the cabinets, out of the refrigerator, out of the pantry, out of the freezer. Anything that's expired goes. Mm-hmm. Anything that's old and you haven't used in a year goes. I went through my own cabinet and this disgusting cutting board was hiding in the back. It's plastic. You can see all the knife marks in it. Um, that's bad for a couple of reasons. One, bacteria can get in those deep cut grooves. Um, and two, little bits of microplastic can be getting in, in your food. If you must use plastic, they're cheap. You can replace them on a regular basis. But bamboo is a far better um, cutting surface. And again, inexpensive, easy to find anywhere. So you're in your kitchen and you're getting rid of the things that no longer serve you. Just like I was getting rid of the things that no longer served me in my life when I was detoxifying. So the kitchen just became an extension of me. Right, right. If it's expired, it goes. If it's going to create inflammation because it's filled with sugar, <laughs> it goes. Um, too much sodium. Processed foods. Processed foods are bad because the word processed means probably good stuff's been removed. And when you take the good stuff out, you have to put stuff in to make it tasty. So bad stuff is put in. So if you want to create a blue zone, if you want your kitchen to serve you on your journey, you think like the blue zones. Was this around when my grandparents were young? Right. 
And if it wasn't, you don't need it. Right. What are your opinions on, um, because like for me, uh, a couple things, one of the things I love, love, love to store food in is mason jars. Um, mm-hmm. I just, you know, have really gotten into the habit of, you know, yes, using mason jars for a lot of things. Uh, easy, easy and inexpensive to purchase to store stuff. Well, and you can save your glass jars. Yes. You but you get it. Over you know, I love mason jars because it makes it, first of all, it's visually very pleasing and you can see what you have. So mason jars are excellent. They come in all different sizes and it is, I, I am with you. I love it because I, you know, I buy a lot of things in bulk now. So it stores my beans, you know, my dried beans and, and rice and, you know, different things like that, that I can store in there. Um, Microwave. This is one of the things that I talk to people about. I don't use my microwave. You can't get a home that doesn't have one in it, but um, that's a no go on my appliances. How about yours? Yeah. And my microwave in my kitchen is set up so it's like at face level. Yeah. So it's like if you're in your kitchen and you turn that microwave on, you're literally like whatever's emanating from that is going right here. Right. Well, I'm sorry. It's just the microwave is changing the food. It's changing Mm -hmm. the, you know, the food. and, And I just, you know, there's other ways to cook and and do things besides using that. <laughs> well, exactly. And and you know, the only thing the microwave is really good for is, you know, reheating coffee. But um <laughs> but your point is valid. And and I did a um, a TV segment once on an air fryer. And I said, you know, the real problem with the air fryer is it encourages people to eat the wrong foods. Right. Right. And it's not that the air fryer is inherently bad. It's that people are going to be tempted to do the French fries and the chicken. And and they're going to be tempted to buy foods that are already processed and cook them in the air fryer. Right. right. And the same holds true with the microwave. And anytime you're, you know, a frozen meal that's in plastic with plastic on it, you, you know, Those are things we want to avoid. If it wasn't around when your grandparents were little, you don't need it. The best foods for us. So when you look at food, food in its most basic form is calories. And calories in their most basic form are fuel. Calories are energy. But not all calories are created equal. So the calories in an apple are going to be different than the calories in a bagel, even though they might have the same amount of calories. Right, right. Body knows exactly what to do with whole foods, fruits and vegetables, nuts, grains, seeds, um, animal products, fungi. The body knows what to do with that. So when we eat it, the body immediately goes to work and helps break those those foods down and take them where they need to go. You know, the cells get the the micronutrients, the fiber goes to your gut, you know, the the fat goes, you know, to to the brain and the sex organs, you know. So when we eat the right food, it gives our bodies the right fuel and our bodies respond properly. Right. You know, and, and think about this. 
Um, I, I, in my research for my book, and now I can't remember what the numbers are right off the top of my head, but for instance, obesity, um, you know, the numbers over, say, the last 50 years have just increased exponentially in obesity in our country today. And I look back at when I was a child growing up, we had a garden out back and we lived in the city. It wasn't that we were out in a rural area. We were in the city and all our neighbors did too. We all had gardens that had our fresh vegetables grown in it and that we, and that we ate. And there weren't fast food restaurants. They just weren't there. I remember McDonald's opening up. And I remembered like, if we got to go there, it was like a once in a very blue moon thing. And it was considered a huge treat for us to be able to go out to, um, you know, a fast food restaurant. It, it, it just, we ate at home. That's what we did. And and when we talk about detoxing, you know, the conversation wouldn't be complete without looking at what you just said. And this really started after World War II when industries that were supplying the military had to find new markets for their products. Right. So spam is a perfect example. Spam is a horrible, horrible canned meat, spiced meat that had been used. Basically, it was a sea ration uh, for the troops. And then it was a great marketing coup to turn it into a, um, a, a convenience food for housewives. Right. So, so a lot of things were, you know, people don't really know the story behind them, but they were They've been sold to us that they're going to make our lives easier and better. And, and, and the, the bottom line is the things that are the best for us are the things that the body knows what to do with and that was, have always been supplied right. as the food. You wouldn't feed your pets. You know, when you, you have to look at this, people feed their pets very often better than they feed themselves. Sometimes, yeah, I agree. I agree. So yeah, I always tell people perimeter of the store, you know, you shouldn't be going up and down the aisles. That's, that's not things that, that are going to serve you well. Um, you know, shop their perimeter of the store. Now, one of the last things that I want to talk about, and then we'll wrap this up. Um, I can't believe we're coming up on our hours. I could, we could talk all day. We might need to do this again. <laughs> exactly. But one of the areas that we don't understand are so full of toxins is our wine. And I had somebody explain this to me, and I don't drink alcohol. I haven't for many, many, many years. But um, I, when I did, wine was a staple for me. Yeah. And what I'm understanding is that the hangover we get from wine is because of the toxic ingredients in it. It's not necessarily that the wine is bad. Is that true? Wine is a rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> it is true. So what's happened, as with all of our food, and, and this is really important to note, wine is like everything else. It has become a huge commercial product, and it is highly, highly processed. There are only like six major wine companies in the United States, and all these different labels are under these six companies. So wine is not what people think it is. You know, we all have this romantic vision. We've all been on winery tours of, you know, here's the blah, 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 and the blah, blah, blah. What they don't show you is the lab where so much 
happens in the vinification or winemaking process. But to tell the whole story, it begins with the grapes. So grapes are always at the top of the environmental working group's dirty dozen list. And the dirty dozen list are the 12 fruits and vegetables that are grown with more pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, and chemicals than any other fruit. You're always supposed to buy your dirty dozen organic. Right, right. Most commercial wine starts with commercial grapes Mm -hmm. that are those dirty ones. They are harvested by machines. They're not Mm -hmm. hand-picked. The machines... Uh, harvest them during the day, not at the end of the day. So the grapes are hot and they have to be sprayed with sulfites multiple times during this process because grapes are hot, they're hot, they're heavy, they're sitting on top of each other and they've got to spray them to make sure they don't start to ferment right then and there. So most commercial wine begins with dirty juice. The winemakers can use up to 250 allowable ingredient additives to make that dirty juice delicious. And that includes animal products. Um, It includes added sugar, which is, you know, we all know the single most toxic ingredient in everyone's kitchen is sugar. Mm -hmm. And the sneaky added sugar that we don't know is in our foods and beverages. So wine for women, wine is very much, uh, wine is a real ritual. You know, it's people really enjoy their wine. It's social. um, It's acceptable to have a glass of wine at the end of the day. But what most people don't know is there's nothing on a bottle of wine that tells you what's actually in the wine. So wine is regulated by alcohol, tobacco, and firearms not the FDA. So they don't have to put a label on here that says 16 grams of sugar in this bottle of wine. Right. 16 grams is the equivalent of a jelly donut. Right. So we've got people who are drinking wine and they're gaining what I call it the wine waste, that five pounds you can't get rid of. <laughs> I always say when I'm coaching someone, are you a wine drinker? Um, <laughs> we'll start with added sugar, you know, sneaky added sugar. Sugar creates inflammation. Inflammation is linked to every one of the lifestyle diseases that you just mentioned. Right. Obesity, diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, cancer, neurological decline. Lifestyle diseases are the fastest growing diseases in the world. So infectious diseases up until now, now we've got the global pandemic. But lifestyle diseases are what people are dying from. Absolutely. They are, they are the number one contributor to our national health care cost at, at $3.5 trillion every single year. Yeah. And these are things that are lifestyle diseases. People, that means it's within your control. <laughs> right. Those are, and, all, you know, all those toxins and the people, unfortunately, who are the most vulnerable to the coronavirus have those comorbidities, those lifestyle diseases, each one of those puts you at a higher risk for for getting the coronavirus. So so I, you know, my big thing that I encourage everybody to do, and and I think this is really important, Every single day we make choices Mm -hmm. and we vote with our consumer dollars. I have made a huge commitment to find companies and products that I believe in. I like to support other women-owned companies and 
I vote with my consumer dollars because I know that those big companies and industries, they don't care about me. Right. They don't care about the planet. It is so much easier to grow commercial grapes because you can, you get a greater yield, you get bigger, fatter grapes. It's like you're feeding your grapes fast food. Right. You know, they grow big and fat, but they're really not high quality. Right, right. You know, and, and growing organic and biodynamic is harder, but it's sustainable agriculture. We have got to protect the only planet that can support human life. Right. So if we can vote with our consumer dollars, not buy commercial products that are loaded with toxic chemicals that gunk up our environment, you know, if you're going to drink wine, drink better wine. You know, I carry these wines on my website at The Culinary Cure um, because they are grown by small, organic, and biodynamic family farms. Why, why wouldn't I want to support you know, small independent farmers and this company also, and this is the other thing. I don't trust anybody. So when I buy a bottle of wine and I know this company, they, they lab test twice. So I can guarantee somebody this wine, not only is it delicious, the owner of the company is a level three sommelier. She picks great wines, but we've tested twice before bottling to make sure there's no growing chemicals and after bottling to make sure there's no additives, zero. I love that. I love that. That is so, and, and I, and that's important. And, and we all need to be able to find, and what is the name of the brand? I know you the said company it's on- is, The company is Scout and Seller. It's a direct to consumer product. Um, you buy it through a consultant. You can't find these wines in stores. Um, I have loved it. I've been with the company for a year and a half. And I just, you know, I've been, I'm so excited when I find something that meets me on all those levels, you know, better for me, better for the planet. And I can guarantee because it's tested uh, that it doesn't have that bad stuff in it. And, um, and I think people, I think there's going to be more of this. People want transparency. They want to know what they're, what they're getting. I love that it's it's a network marketing company. Yeah. Um, you know, you'll find when you get into this world that it's the network marketing companies that are actually doing the testing, that are actually creating products that are good for us um, because I don't know why the because, <laughs> but I just know that's their niche. They're, 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 there's a need in the market. And, and this has been, you know, I, I, I know some people are like, oh, network marketing. But I have to say, this has been so positive. I don't know, you know, I, am, I was so pleasantly surprised because I don't have to carry overhead. You know, I can just educate people about the the value and it's up to them to decide. Exactly. But your point, and I know, you know, this is true with so many products, your point, what is it that makes somebody feel awful after they've had a glass of wine? It's all they'll never know. Yeah. They'll never know because there's no list of ingredients. Right. Right. So if you can make a choice and, and know you're getting something pure, this is like the wine you drink when you're in Europe and you're drinking with the locals drink. It's not what they export to us. It's what they keep and drink themselves. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. 
Well, Kristen, tell us, um, number one, how people can get a hold of you. I know you referred to your website, but let's make sure that people know how to get a hold of you, especially if you guys want to get some good wine. You're a wine drinker and you want to check that out. Um, where? What's the website? So my website is The Culinary Cure. And... Um, all things Culinary Cure reside there. You can read more about the wines. You can see my TV segments. I actually did a seven on your side. I got the station to do a wine expose. I was so outraged when I found out how dirty wine is. Um, I'm on Instagram and at Kristen Cofield. And every single day, 365 days a year, I post a tip. If you did every one of the tips I gave you, you could absolutely detox and transform your life. Um, so I invite you to follow me on Instagram. And I have a private Facebook group, The Culinary Cure Kristen Cofield. And that's for women over 40 who are, you know, looking for answers and solutions to problems that we all share. That's wonderful. And I know, you know, you talk about the kitchen intervention, you've got the set, uh, simple seven day eating plan, you have a master class. So lots of great information um, that you guys can check out and, and take advantage of. Yes, go ahead. And I had a special gift for anybody that um, wants to go to my website. It's called Healthy Habits 101. Okay. It is a free guide. It's got recipes. It's got a step-by-step -step plan that anybody can use to reboot their life and prioritize the things that really matter to I live, to create a life they love that loves them back. I love that. Thank you, Kristen, so much for sharing your story and, and your love for the kitchen and all things there. You can so tell uh, where your passion is. We so appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you. The pleasure was all mine. That's all for this episode of The Toxin Terminator. And we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one -on -one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E-Carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.